Hi guys, and welcome back to the Apex Delta Coaching Podcast. My name is Kieran Moore, and I'm the head coach and owner of Apex Delta Coaching. On this show, my aim is to help educate, inform, and drive you to get stronger, fitter, and more resilient as an athlete and human. I'll discuss different topics in strength, fitness, mindset, and more, as well as talking with guests on their area of expertise. Today, I was joined by Richard Wharton. Rich is the personal leadership coach, helping people break into the world of business and entrepreneurship. He primarily focuses on helping people become effective leaders, drawing on his own personal experiences working in the public services, both within the police and fire services. We discuss some of the key principles underpinning effective leadership, how, he, how this applies to the wider context of people's lives, and why being an effective leader is important for everyone. With that, let's get into today's show. Cool. So we're, we're live. Uh, I'm here with uh, Richard and we are going to get into it. So I think what would be great first is if you can just give a little brief intro of yourself, how you got to, to where you're at now. Um, give us kind of like the story of, of how you've um, progressed and got to got to your point at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, everyone. My name's Rich. Um, I'm a personal leadership coach. Um, so my sort of background, I actually, um, after leaving school, um, I decided to go into personal training. I've always always been keen on coaching and helping people. So I decided personal training was was my route. So after qualifying as a, a PT, sports nutrition advisor, I then went into sort of gyms, um, sort of working as a fitness instructor, um, PT in and being a, a freelance PT wasn't wasn't for me at the time. And, you know, I thought actually the way I wanted to go was was the pers- uh, the, the fitness instructing route. Um, after a, after a short period of time, I realised that wasn't really what I wanted to do. I, fe- I felt like a, a glorified cleaner, as it were, um, you know, cleaning machines, etc. And I decided to um, give the emergency services a go. Um, and I spent 10 years in the emergency services, starting off in the police for my sins and uh, and then becoming a firefighter in London. And, you know, I love, love my job as a firefighter, but my, my sole focus is all about helping people. Um, I've loved helping people and, and so I've gone back into my coaching coaching roots um, mainly thinking of nutrition coaching and, and my leadership coaching which are the two important things so my sole focus is is the leadership side of things um, but I do do a bit of nutrition coaching along the side because I think it fits in quite nicely with each other um, I have a, a saying that I believe um, you are what you eat um, and and drink essentially um that's also a big part of of nutrition um and i think it works well with with the mindset with with how your your body works your mind works we need to fuel our mind and that and that's a massive part of of leadership so yeah i um i really got into into the leadership side it's something that really interests me obviously my my background in in the emergency services plays a big part on decision making um, and helping people make effective decisions in high pressure situations but I really enjoy helping um, ambitious people break into the world of, of business and entrepreneurship by by developing them into driven leaders um, and not only do I concentrate on decision making but I do a lot of focus on on establishing goals and vision and and like finding inner greatness and to be able to help them really push on their career and achieve the great things that they want to achieve. That's awesome, man. No, that's a really interesting transition, isn't it? From being into the fitness industry. And I mean, yeah, as, as you rightly said, and I'm pretty sure someone else who I've had on the podcast has said this previously, as a kind of a fitness instructor, gym instructor, you are sometimes a little bit of a glorified cleaner. And I think it's a it's a kind of a very romanticized industry that is actually incredibly brutal when people get into it and it's not necessarily all that people are, are led to believe. Um, and I think, yeah, the, the turnover rate is ridiculous as well. I think it's something like 90% drop out after the first six months within the fitness industry for reasons very similar to, to that. I'd imagine that it's, it's just not what they imagined it to be. Um, it's not the kind of the six figure earning potential that, that is, is sold to you on PT courses a lot of the time. <laughs> three hours a day and live the live the life kind of thing um i think it's interesting yeah i like the idea of having that kind of that nutrition focus alongside the leadership because i think yeah this is something that's been echoed by again quite a lot of the people i've had on here is that holistic approach to to the whole process in that coaching 
yes, there are people who exist within silos. Like I am a strength coach. I am a lifestyle coach or whatever. Or I'm the guy that focuses on this, this, this aspect. But yeah, having that more holistic approach makes sense, doesn't it? If you, if you truly want to help people like, and, and in your context of helping people be successful and, and sort of, um, yeah, successful leaders, like if you can't first sort yourself out from a physical mental perspective and all that encompasses that in terms of like training, lifestyle, nutrition, all that kind of stuff, it's going to be very hard to then impart any kind of meaningful or, or effective leadership onto, onto any, anyone else. So I think it's always it, look internally before you kind of then start to try and help other people. 100%, 100%. And, you know, I always always talk about fitness to people. Um, people think fitness is is just your your running or your gym session. However, fitness is, in what I say, is, is 20% exercise, 80% nutrition and, and 100% mindset. And you hit the nail on the head there in the sense of being a lifestyle coach, in a sense that you've got to look at the whole the whole bigger picture, the whole the whole game, um, not just what are you doing in the gym um, that a PT might look at or or an average PT might look at. Don't shoot me down for that. But it's, it's kind of actually you need to look at the whole big picture. And that's what I do is, you know, I, I class myself as a nutrition coach, but actually I probably focus more on the mindset than I do on the actual nutrition itself. Obviously, once you've pointed people in the right direction, you have meal plans and things like that, try and educate people. But actually a lot of the work is, as a, as a coach normally does is is to help people with their with their mindset whatever that might be and i think nutrition is so much behaviors and and it's actually so little about the kind of macros and the the calories and all that kind of stuff because th- that stuff it, it is what it is it, it's an aspect of it's very much like training in that respect that like the reps the sets the exercises matter relatively little compared to the overall picture of consistency and showing up and doing the work and all that kind of stuff and in the nutrition perspective it is so much behaviors rather than it's people's kind of internalized feelings around certain foods it's people's it's people's behaviors around their kind of like their eating habits and and all those kind of things that that have a probably a much greater impact than the specifics of what you're eating or the, the specifics of like how much protein you're getting in and all that kind of stuff. Yes. Those things matter clearly. Like there's a base requisite amount of correct, right things that probably have to be in place to make progress. But on a deeper level, it, it is a behavioral mindset focused approach, isn't it? I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, we could sit here and talk about macro micros calories in calories out we could talk about phytonutrients we could talk about hydration we can talk about all sorts of different stuff but the whole thing is is that if you don't enjoy what you're doing you can calculate whatever you like but if you don't enjoy the foods you're eating what you're drinking and doing it at the right times etc then you're not gonna you're not gonna sustain it um you see a lot of diets out there and i use that term term very lightly um but there's a lot of diets out there which are great for what they do but are not sustainable because they're one not enjoyable um or two they might they might be um you know completely against what the normal human body wants to do um so actually you know what you've got to find something that you enjoy doing you can make it fun you can and you can sustain it um that's the biggest part of it and i always say to people you know if you can if you can do something for 21 days you'll build a habit um, if you can do something for 90 days, you build a lifestyle um, and they're the sort of changes, whether that be a behavioral or a lifestyle change, you know, exactly the same sort of concept. You've got to be doing it for a long period of time rather than doing a, a diet, which suggests it's a, a shorter period of time. So that's my sort of my sort of view on it. Mindset's probably more. I always, yeah, I always like the idea of marginal gains in that respect, because mm-hmm. I feel the only the only real way to sustain and, and create long long lasting life lifetime or lifestyle habits is, is through the small things. It's not the it's not the kind of the big first January first like I'm cutting out all of the bad stuff kind of kind of approach because we know everybody knows that typically only lasts a week max maybe maybe you make it to February but that's not the norm certainly like. And it, it's the kind of idea that maybe if you took a 
one percent better approach like on a on a daily weekly basis like that's going to add up to significant improvements and habits being built for the long term over the kind of the shorter faster just six week powering through approach that never works really you know what it's, it's funny you mentioned that because that's a saying i absolutely love and they're saying if you get one percent better every day in a year's time you'll be 365 percent better and it's it's so so true um you know how many people turn around and say to you as a whether you're a coach whether you're friends whoever you might want to be i'll start on monday i'll start next month i'll start on the first of jan i'll start when the time's right because at the end of the day when's the time ever going to be right you'll always find an excuse as to why the time isn't right to start um i find a lot of people that i work with and and who are successful in whatever they do whether that be the leadership side of things whether that be nutrition side of things but people are successful when they start now let's implement something today let's get started and that's normally when in my coaching and in my training whenever i first have a call with someone the first thing i say right let's start today let's go and people go what what, what? i wasn't ready no I, we we have started before you even thought you're going to start <laughs> you know so um why why procrastinate why put it off? Let's let's get going. Let's make those changes and let's make it last. Mm. I think it's, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it, it is usually that that first step, the kind of the step into the unknown. That's by far the hardest part of of, of a lot of these kind of um, the start of these journeys, isn't it? Into something new, some kind of progressive um, pathway that we're we're looking to take. Be that in in whatever aspect, leadership entrepreneurship nutrition life training whatever um so is that getting started that's the hardest isn't it is it's once you begin once you start to see some kind of like early results once those results start to come in momentum's a lot easier to maintain at that point it's a lot easier to keep doing the things that are going to continue bringing you successful outcomes but it's that first step, isn't it? It's kind of like, I don't know what's on the other side of that step. It's going to be a tough one for me to overcome. But I think as, yeah, as coaches, that it is our job sometimes to, to push people a little bit in that respect, isn't it? And, and say like, cool, you might not feel ready, but you're not ever going to feel ready. You're never going to feel ready to take that first step because it is always going to be an unknown. It's always going to be a hard thing to, to overcome and, and kind of step into so at a certain level it's like yeah embrace the fear embrace that kind of unknown and take a little bit of a risk because hey yeah maybe it might not pay off but taking that first step is not necessarily going to be the, the sort of downfall of your entire journey but if you don't take that first step guaranteed you're never going to get to where you want to end up Absolutely. And, you know, one of the biggest things I talk to people about when it comes to leadership and especially with entrepreneurs is that you either win or you or you learn. Um, a lot of people I speak to, they see failure as a, a negative. Failure is actually a positive. You're doing it every single day. You're trying something. It doesn't work and try again. And people normally associate failure with something with something big um, when actually, you know, we know full well in the gym, if you try and you push yourself to your limit, you can't go anymore. Actually, you've learned that that was your limit. Okay, we've now set the bar. We'll go again next time. You go one more and, and then you can't, uh, and then you keep building up. And it's the same with, with everything else. You know, failure is part of success, whether you like it or not. You take a child, for instance, when they start to walk, the first time they manage to get up on their feet, they hold onto the sofa, they let go, they fall down. Do they stop there? No, if they stop there, no one would ever walk. We'd all be crawling the rest of our lives. And that's exactly the same sort of attitude that we've got to have in our in, in entrepreneurial life, in, in business life, whatever life we're in, we need to take that sort of, same sort of attitude of actually let's let's forget about the fear of it. Let's just give it a go and see what happens. What is the worst that can happen in that situation? Um, and that's the, that's the biggest thing for me is, is that if we give it a go and we don't succeed, we're not starting again. This time we're starting from experience. We know where we went wrong last time, let's improve for next time. So that's the biggest thing. And I, and I love that sort of mindset, um, that sort of 
actually let's try things let's try it out um because at the end of the day if you never try and you keep making excuses where's that going to lead us you know I, I speak to so many people who say that they can't do something because because of their job um they can't do something because they're too busy that's quite a common one I'm, I'm too busy to do that okay right cool um people say oh, i wish i wrote a book i wish i did that bit of music i wish i did that sport i wish i did this and one of my favorite sayings um or quotes from from les brown who's a motivational speaker over in america he, he turns around and says that the the most expensive place in the world is the graveyard because there's so many ideas that didn't happen because people just put it off and it was too late which is fascinating yeah no certainly it's interesting isn't it yeah, you say that kind of the idea of that kind of hindsight isn't it of people looking back and saying like oh if only i'd done this if only i'd done that and and i look at where this could have taken me and it's like well why not why not start like i don't think there's ever necessarily it's never too late to start something is it it's never too late to kind of take a first step into a new a new venture a new um a new arena of kind of life that you're, you're kind of not currently familiar with or that you, you want to get into because yeah at the end of the day what's the worst that could happen like you fail someone says no to you you don't get a job whatever it might be the worst that can happen is that you know how to improve for next time isn't it really you know yeah it's so much a case and I, I equally from a kind of a coaching perspective have this conversation with people a lot it's like well yes there is an element of failure yes that we have to kind of accept that to a degree and 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 there are certain ways we can deal with that if it comes up but at a base level if we never even try if we never even put ourselves kind of out there in a position where we could potentially fail like when we won't improve will we because to say like if you're never pushing up against those those current self-limiting beliefs those limitations that, that are there whether they're real or not is, a, is another conversation but those kind of limitations that exist um if we're never pushing up against those we're never going to improve at all and we're never going to get anywhere and we'll just kind of be in a constant state of stagnation and yes as a coach it's probably my job and, and your job and, and kind of our collective um responsibilities to help people help clients overcome those but at a certain level i have probably not much sympathy for someone who who sort of says, oh, well, I couldn't achieve this and this, and I didn't, I didn't, didn't do all these things I wanted to do, but I never tried. And it's like, well, I can guide you, I can tell you, but at the end of the day, you have to take that first step. I can help you take that. I can, I can kind of provide you the, the roadmap that's going to help you get to whatever goal. But at the end of the day, you have to be the one to, to take that step, take the risk and, and put yourself out there to potentially fail, but learn from that and, and improve going forward. That's it, and and there's no there's no harm in in um, you know taking that step. There, there is no harm. Like you know, we've we said it before. Um, what is the worst that can happen? And I think that's the sort of that's one of the biggest things that I've realised um, since you know coming into coaching, um, helping helping lots of different people from different backgrounds. That a common a common thing is is you know some people just need that little bit of a push and just say you can do it. And, and one of the things I, I, I say to people as a coach, especially when I, you know, start start coaching them, I turn around and say, look, you, there are going to be things that you don't like to hear. Um, I'm here as a coach. I'm not here to just listen to your sorrows and say it's going to be OK, because me saying it's going to be OK is not going to get you to where you want to go to. There are going to be some things I'm going to say and you're not going to enjoy that I am going to push your your the push push the boat out as it were you know push your limits because that's how you grow um and and one of the biggest things that again it's another les brown quote you can probably tell i, I quite like listening to him um or reading his books but the one of the things he, he says is that as a no what's the reason as to get a, a coach and the reason to get a coach is is the fact that you can't see the picture if you're in the frame so if you are the picture if things around you, you know, you can't see what's going on. And that's why having a coach, whatever aspect it might be, whether it be in fitness, whether it be in, you know, nutrition, leadership, whether it be something completely different, 
someone there can give you different ideas, different perspectives and, and different support just to, to help you. And, you know, you've got to be willing to listen. Um, you know, take some of the, the top, um, top sports, um, you know, managers, coaches, whatever you'd like to call them. Some of them have had massive clashes with people. For instance, Sir Alex Ferguson, one of the best leaders ever in, in like Premier League football, international football, you could probably argue. So, and he had clashes with his, his players all the time. But look where he ended up as a, as a coach, as a manager. He was incredible. Um, do you think he was always put his arm around people and said it's going to be okay? No, clearly not. Sometimes, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to the extreme, extreme of uh, Sir Alex, but, you know, there are, there are ways in to help people. And, and sometimes that is going to be not so nice advice, as it were, or, or something that is going to be a, a little bit scary, something you might fear or something you, it may, it may put you out of your comfort zone, which is an incredible, incredible topic. Yeah. I think that's a really interesting concept that, because I think so often, obviously, as coaches, like, or the coaching industry, we're portrayed as as kind of guides, as as su- supporters in a, in a sense. We're there to support people, help people through difficulties. But it's very, yeah, very, very rarely vocalised, isn't it? Or very rarely kind of portrayed that we are that as well. We are there to to push people. We're there to take people outside of their comfort zones and i mean in a very literal sense it is obvious like with fitness coaches we people come to us we put them through hard sessions sometimes there's that aspect of us pushing like the kind of the traditional viewpoint of like a like a boot camp instructor as someone standing there shouting and making you do all these different things that are hard so from that perspective it's there but um yeah it's never really vocalized is it that aspect of it is like actually we're here sometimes to put you outside of your comfort zones and that's where the, the that coach kind of coach client relationship becomes so important and communication and um not only communication sort of ongoing between between those two individuals but also communication of the the intent behind the the process so making sure that both coach and client are aware of each other's intentions goals whatever you want to call it and then from a client perspective making sure they're aware of like here's the process we're going to go through here are the steps we're going to take and here's the the kind of what i'm going to be providing in terms of that aspect in in terms of that that support but also the other side of it in terms of like here's where i'm going to try and push you here's where we're going to make you a little bit uncomfortable because and I think it's one of the things that like in especially in a sporting context as well as an S and C coach, it's like I'm not necessarily here to be your friend all the time. Yes, there's that aspect of it, like I'm here to kind of support you, I'm here to help you through struggles, but there's also that aspect of it is like this is where we need to be to perform at the level you want to perform at, to hit your goals, for example. And if someone comes to you as a client in a in a even like in a fitness personal training leadership perspective and they're like i want to achieve x y and z goal and you're like great i can help you get there i can guide you towards that goal but there are going to be certain instances where i'm going to tell you things you don't want to hear and it's going to be certain instances where someone comes to you and say i'll use an example in fitness someone comes to you and say cool i want to be able to hit this amount of my deadlift i want to be able to run this far in this time and i want to do this this and this and you're like perfect great i can put a program together that's going to help you and then you sort of talk to him as like, cool, like what's your nutrition? Like what's your sleep habits look like? It's like, oh, I get five hours of sleep a night and I maybe get breakfast and, and kind of however many calories. Like, okay, cool. Well, here's the thing you're not going to want to hear. Like I can put, give you any program you want and you won't hit those goals unless you sort out all the underlying things that are going to help you get there. Exactly the same in leadership and business. I'd, I'd, I'd sort of work on the principle of that. Like there's always going to be those aspects of telling people stuff they don't want to hear, but that's the reality of it. It's like, if you want to hit this goal, here's the, the steps you're going to have to take. And not all of them are going to be fun. Not all of them are going to be enjoyable, but nobody gets to high levels of performance without doing certain aspects of things that aren't fun, might be tedious, might not seem worth it in the moment, but they're the, they're the steps that the marginal 1% steps that, that get you to that, that goal. Definitely. And I think you've raised some, some, some really valid points there in the sense of coaching, there's, there's three important parts of coaching and you mentioned communication. You've, you've hit that really well um, in saying that communication. It may be that boot camp instructor style shouting type thing. 
really motivating to, to progress on. It may be that you need to have that sort of arm around the shoulder. I'm here to build you up type thing. Let's work through it together. Or it could even be in saying, look, I'm going to tell you straight. Um, I'm going to tell you exactly how you need to hear it rather than how you want to hear it, which which is important. But I think it's it's important to understand about coaches that coaches don't necessarily need to be the the most knowledgeable. They don't need to have the the highest qualifications, etc. You don't to have a coach. You don't need to be the and it's and it's the same for being a leader as well. You know, so many jobs that you see people are in, they they promote the person who's best at that job. Well, actually, that isn't necessarily promoting the best leader. The leader may not necessarily be best at doing that task, but the leader doesn't necessarily know, need to know that task. Look at look again. I'll take you know professional football. A lot of a lot of the managers, especially in the Premier League, have played football previously. What are the best best footballers out there? No, they're they're arguably going to be better footballers but they've got leadership skills and that's why they're making an incredible coach. And it comes down to, to trust, um, trust and confidence are the two, two big topics there in the sense that you need to have a great relationship, um, whatever form your coaching is. Um, you need to have that great relationship of, and having trust between each other, um, that, that client, that client coach trust in there. And, and then the second part of it is having the confidence that, you know what you're talking about as a coach and then the client knows what what you are you are talking about as 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 that coach you know it's that it's that confidence between each other that actually is going to get those those results um and I, I, you see it all the time you see it all the time in in different different aspects and you, you know you you touched on on fitness which was which was um you know obviously your forte as it were um but people People don't want to don't want to do the extra work. Um, you know, I've come to you to provide me. You know, I want to hit this time in my running. Design me a plan to do that. Okay, cool. All right, let's look at everything else. No, no, no. I didn't ask you to look at that. Well, if you want me as a coach, that's how it's going to work. It's on my terms, not your terms. You've come to me to get the results. I'm not going to lie to you to say. Um, and and you see it a lot of time a lot of coaches say yeah 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 I'll I'll take your money and I'll be able to get you those results with actually no real ambition good coaches turning up I am going to get you those results but it's on my terms I'm going to tell you how you're going to to get there um, and you've got to follow it if you're not prepared um, you know we can help you with your motivation your mindset to to help you get there but if you're not prepared to put it in I'm sorry but the leadership conversation as well doesn't it because as much as you want to create effective leaders you also want to create to a level to a certain respect like autonomous leaders or self-autonomous leaders like people who don't have to rely on those kind of external helping hands necessarily to to lead like you can take the extreme examples of like for example yourself in in the kind of the um like public services or, or or taking it into like a military context even of like you have someone there who's then making life and death situations potentially on a daily basis like and and when you take it into that context it's like well if they're constantly having to rely on someone external be it a coach or whatever to kind of like lead them in that path and tell them here's the right and wrong things like that's not an effective leader they might be effective when they're being told what to do and they're having their hand held, but it's someone who can, who can truly kind of like take a concept or, or, or understand the processes that are involved and then do that when, when the, the, the spotlight's not on them, do the work that's necessary to, to get where they want to go. And I think yeah, that's an interesting area to think of as a coach, as, as a kind of a, a leadership um, coach or as a, as a fitness coach, as a whatever coach, like, you can't force people to do stuff and there has to be an element of you providing them with the, the kind of the, the framework to get where they want to be. And then you have to, to an extent, and it's a bit counterintuitive as a coach because the reason people hire us as coaches is to guide them and help them. But at a certain point, you have to take a step back and let them make the mistakes, let them go through the process and, and actually let them work and work through these things on their own. I'm, I'm, and I've, this is probably more within the online setting as well. I'm very much 
and this is something I have to work on, continue and continue to work on is as a coach, my first instinct is just to help and, and to provide solutions. If someone comes to me like, oh, I need help, I'm like, great, here's what you're going to do, X, Y, Z, let's go and do it. But at a certain point, that's fine. And that helps that individual. But I think then we need to know as coaches when to step back and mm. and sort of go on the opposite to that and say like, cool, I can help you if you need it. But you also need to make some of these mistakes. You also need to make some of these decisions yourself because otherwise you're not going to learn and you're not going to be an effective leader. You're not going to be an effective athlete or whatever that, that kind of context might be. Yeah, and, and and you know, I love I love the the fact that you've come across with, you know, allowing allowing that that client, as it were, to be able to make those decisions themselves. You know, the best coaches out there won't necessarily just tell you what to do. Um, I think that's a common misconception that if you go to a coach, they're going to tell you exactly what you need to do. Actually, the majority of coaches, um, especially the successful coaches, will actually ask you the questions, and you'll come up with the answers yourself you know the answers within you but you've just got to go and dig for it um and they just it, a coach will just help you lead you down your path um and the correct path but as you said it's a journey you can't go from from leaving school at the age of 18 um or 16 or whatever whenever you leave school to going to be the best entrepreneur out there yes a lot of people have done it very quickly but you know have they made mistakes along the way yes have they sought help along the way yes have they gone to the right people along the way? Yes, absolutely. Um, and one of the, the one of the topics I touch on with 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 my clients, especially the the younger clients, as it were, the the twenties to thirty year olds, is in is in expectation. Um, it's something that I've struggled with throughout my life, which is which is incredible. Is you know I've had my parents have been both been successful at school. I went to good school. Um, you know they've they've had successful careers and my parents referring to um, and actually they've had successful businesses. And when I talk to them about, you know, what I want to do, sometimes I don't like their answer. Um, sometimes there is an expectation of me to do something. So when I said I weren't going to university, it was like, well, what are you going to do? I'm going to coaching. They allowed me to realize myself that, you know, coaching wasn't for me at the time. And they said, well, why don't you go to emergency services? Then I turn around and say, no, I want to do something different. They go, oh, actually, I don't think that's you. Now, I'm not the only one who, who has this. How many people go to university who don't actually want to go to university, drop out in their first year, second year, turn around and do a degree that actually means nothing to what they want to go and do? have to do further courses further degrees etc to to actually get into the role they want to do and i think sometimes and especially school as well um you know i remember being at school and and one of my teachers told me that you know when i said i weren't going to university i had no interest in uni he turned around and said well i think you've let your parents down by making that decision i was like really <laughs> is, is is this how this is going um and I think people just need to realise that, that actually sometimes you need to make that decision for yourself. Um, it's taken me 29 years to realise that, but I've now suddenly decided actually this is my path. Um, and actually when I go to seek advice from people, I will go to people where I want to be rather than just speaking to people who are close to me, who may not know my circumstances or may know my circumstances, but may not know what the best thing for me is. Um, I always talk about playing it safe. Um, your family and your close friends will always tell you to take the safe route. It may not be the successful route. It may actually hold you back. They're not doing it deliberately to hold you back. They're doing it deliberately because they don't want to see you, and I use that term, fail. They don't want to see you get it wrong. They don't want to see you miss out, lose out or anything. Um, so they're doing it for the best of intentions, but it may, may not be exactly what you you need to do to go and succeed no certainly i think the the times in my life that i've failed like have been probably some of the most beneficial beneficial sort of like instances like things that have happened to me that that have pushed me to to where i am now like through injuries in rugby 
when I what tore ankle ligaments, that was kind of what put me on the path of going into fitness. Like I think when I was younger, I had my my mind set on joining the military, and did some some um, kind of a brief stint of time as a reservist, like in training, and then yeah, through injury, realised that wasn't really the, the career I wanted to go down, and kind of transitioned out of that into fitness. And it was yeah, through those those kind of failures, like I didn't make it through training, I, I failed if you like, but the things I learned in that respect, and then in school i went to sixth form and, and failed all my exams and then dropped out and, and moved into to a different area uh and then realized that oh, i'm going to go into coaching and kind of PTing and did that route for a while and it's probably similar to you i kind of like this isn't what i thought it was going to be necessarily um as a kind of a fitness instructor so moved into kind of coaching crossfit and then equally in that respect i was like there's there's a ceiling here that i think i've hit and and i don't see that in 10 years time i necessarily necessarily be any further along that journey and if it's through those kind of those on the face of it things that would be failures like i've tried something it's not worked out and i've i've stepped back or stepped away from it and yeah on the face of it, it is that isn't it like that's a case of like oh that that would be seen as a failure that's seen as something where you haven't succeeded at what you tried to do but on the flip side of that you've learned a whole lot in that, in that process of uh, that, that's actually put you on the path that might be successful because none Absolutely. of us know, can know what's going to be successful or not. We can only try and see what happens and, and adjust based on that. No, completely, completely. And I speak to, you know, a lot of my friends, like look aside from coaching, but a lot of my friends are in the emergency services, whether that they be the police or the, or the fire service. And, a lot of them tell me how bad their job is, how they dislike it. They're underpaid, undervalued. Um, I certainly agree with that. Um, but then I say to them, well, why don't you go and do something else? Um, and the thing is, I can't. Why can't you? I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I can do. Um, and that's the thing is sometimes, sometimes I say to people, you just got to try. At the end of the day, if, if you've gone and done something, it doesn't work out. Um, you can always do something else. You know, if you want to run your own business, if you, you know, obviously put, put in some, you know, risk management um, things in place, put in, put, you know, make sure you don't use up all your money, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, if you want to go and say, actually, I want to run my own business, why not? Why not? And this is one of the things that, you know, what actually got me changing my career um, change the way I look at things you know coaching's always been in, in my blood as it were but never really pushed at it um, until I, I started doing network marketing and network marketing is a massive people you know straight away no 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 I can't do network marketing but it's not necessarily the actual the network marketing that is beneficial to me but it's the skills and the personal development that I've learned from network marketing which has actually dictated my future in, into sort of coaching leadership um it's incredible how you know i love network networking as it is i love meeting new people chatting to people find about their lives and etc um seeing how i can help um but the skills that i've learned from that they've been able to present you know i love being able to 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 speak publicly to present to people something i've never been able to do before i got into network marketing being able to coach people effectively. You know, when, when we talk about coaching, I always thought about coaching is a coach tells someone what to do, how that was wrong. Um, you know, I've learned a lot about coaching and, and my ability as a coach has improved since then. Um, and, and like I said, personal development, my, my mind has been completely expanded. I, I could count on probably one finger how many books I've read before, before I started you know, in network marketing. Now I've read so many books. I barely watch TV. I'd rather read a book or, or listen to a book. I cheat a little bit. I use audio books, but it's amazing what you can learn from that, how you can view the world differently um, and how you can actually progress your life without actually, um, you know, paying for, for massive courses, paying for massive coaches, because obviously money is a, is a big thing when it comes to it. And I always think the biggest investment you ever make is going to be in yourself. Um, people talk about investments, talking about houses, cars, all sorts of sorts of things. But the biggest investment you should make is in within yourself. Um, 
and whether that be on books, courses, coaches, whatever it might be, you're the most important thing here. Go and enjoy your life. Go and have a great life. Why settle for a good life? Yeah, no, certainly. I'd echo that 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 sort of sentiment completely. I mean, yeah, I think any 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 money I've made so far in coaching, I've invested back into myself, be it through courses, books, whatever else. Um, university is a big one, I suppose, which is kind of a delayed payment, but it's there at some point. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think yeah, there's there's a, there should be a real shift towards people like, and it doesn't have to be a monetary sort of investment necessarily it can just be a time investment it can be a kind of effort energy investment if you like but in terms of like nutrition coaching training that kind of stuff like that stuff is an investment in in your life it's an investment in your health isn't it because i say it's a holistic point of view you can't be a good leader you can't be a good person husband wife whatever like manager whatever that might be I don't think if you if you haven't at least to some level started to kind of look a little bit more internal and invested in your own health and well-being first, which I think is why it's such an important aspect of of anything people do, be it leadership or otherwise, that they they invest in in themselves before. It's that idea, isn't it? Like you can't love someone else until you love yourself and kind of extrapolating that out into into kind of a wider sense of you, you can't help someone else until you've helped yourself um both from a kind of a, a an experience standpoint like I'd, I'd imagine for yourself it'd be very hard to kind of work move into kind of like a, a as a leadership coach as an entrepreneur or as in that in that space as a coach if you hadn't have had some of the experiences you, you you'd managed to have through your, your work in sort of emergency and sort of public services like I wouldn't, Absolutely. I wouldn't be able to coach people as a strength conditioning coach. I wouldn't be able to, to kind of help people on that journey. If I didn't always kind of like practice what I preach in terms of like train hard and, and, and kind of apply all the principles that I, I believe in as a coach. Definitely. And I think, I think the, the, the beauty of that is, is that a lot of people have turned around and said, you know, one of the things I find as a, as a coach and as a, as a young coach and new into coaching, especially in leadership, is saying, well, what cor- corporations have you worked in? Well, I haven't. I've worked in the emergency services. Well, how, why do you know about leadership then? Well, OK, all right. Or what, what university degree have you got to show that you can you can teach managers? Well, actually, I haven't got a university degree. But however, what I have got is experience. And like you said, that experience if you if you have experience in just one sort of place if everyone had the same sort of experience there wouldn't be you know it wouldn't be a diverse working environment you know if everyone had exactly the same route that they've taken people wouldn't have different ideas people have exactly the same ideas the same gener like generationally the same ideas be passed down after generation after generation and actually when things do change, and I think the, the pandemic has, has brought a massive, massive thing to people, you know, massive eye opener and saying that actually the world is changing. We need to change with the world. We need to adapt. Um, and actually, you know what, having someone with an emergency services background, um, whether that be myself or, or anyone else in emergency services, it's those sorts of people who actually have probably some of the best decision making there is um some of the best leadership there is you take a police officer for instance you don't automatically think about leadership but if the first thing they do is turn up to a road traffic collision and see carnage as soon as you step out your police car as soon as those lights are flashing everyone stops and looks at you now you've got you've got many tasks that you need to do you can't do them all yourself this is where you need to take control and that's what being a leader is all about is actually right okay i've got this thing going on in front of me inside i'm going i don't have a clue what i'm doing um actually you do have a clue what you're doing but at the time you don't feel you feel like oh my like what am i doing here um but you need to take control and that's the best thing about being a leader is that you actually go right okay let's think about this right this needs to be done that needs to be done let's 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 give out some tasks to people to 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 solve those issues um, and we can really break it down. Um, you know, some of the some of the greatest leaders that I've had the chance to to meet and speak to have been through the emergency services. 
Um, there's a lot of people out of the emergency services that are incredible leaders. Um, you look at some of the top entrepreneurs out there, you know, Elon Musk, he, incredible. Um, people like Sir Richard Branson, Bill Gates, etc. They are incredible entrepreneurs, got great leadership, great mindset. Um, but they, these people, are, you know, these successful people have come in all different shapes and forms. You know, they've got completely different backgrounds. There isn't just one way to do things, which is, which is quite often I feel in, in, in management is, is the idea of saying, actually, what degree have you got and where have you worked before? Well, hang on, let's have a think about the bigger picture and see what I can bring, which may be different from what you've originally thought. And same with S&C coaches. If everyone went to the same school and learned from the same teacher, um, strength and condition would be exactly the same. Um, however, there are so many different routes to go down with, with fitness and strength and conditioning. Um, so many people changing the game, um, which, which is fa fascinating. Um, you know, even if you take personal training, someone like Joe Wicks comes along, he started doing personal training. Now look at him. He's all online. You know, he's created apps and things like that. Incredible entrepreneur, incredible trainer. Um, and his, his background was come from teaching people in parks and, you know, it's, it's amazing the journey can take you, but it's just been willing to adapt and change to, to that environment. Um, it's the same in any, any walk of life, any industry. I think it's to be uh, an expert, to be a coach, to be a kind of a leader in any capacity, you need to have, there's a base requisite understanding. You probably have to have like to be a, entrepreneur in in business be kind of like the sir richard branson you have to understand business at least to some degree to to progress anywhere but as you said i don't think that has to come necessarily from the formal academia route there are there's no i don't think there's any set route that is going to take you to to success in, in in any area yeah certainly in in certain aspects like there are things you have to there's hoops you have to jump through there's qualifications you have to have there's 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 kind of exams you have to take and all that kind of stuff to to, to get to a certain level but i think there people will benefit and and be much more successful from a broader a broader kind of array of experience and be that be that coming from something like the emergency services like you say like if someone came to you and they were kind of applying for a leadership role and they'll be like, cool, what have you, what experience have you got? And they're like, oh, well, I was a paramedic for however many years. I was a kind of a firefighter for however many years. You, I'd look at that and say, well, clearly you've got a ton of kind of very practical and on the job learning type experience, which at the end of the day, like no amount of like knowledge or book smarts gets you anywhere if you if you can't actually apply that to real world settings and more importantly than that apply that to transferable and kind of like varied settings because it doesn't matter if you have the right answer like in, in an exam like one plus one equals two that's great and if you can understand that brilliant and you can provide those answers but if you can't then transfer your ability to uh, do addition do multiplication whatever other skills in other areas that skill is useless because you can apply it to one scenario same in in sort of i feel certainly from my experience at university and, and kind of from my perspective like it, it does become that a little bit it's kind of like you're you're doing this to pass this test you're doing this to pass this test and that's brilliant because that's what you have to do to pass the course but it doesn't build transferable skills that apply outside of that very one that one very specific context of like here's the here's the kind of the the, the answer here's the 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 exam and they go together and it doesn't apply outside of that, which when you become a leader and when you become an entrepreneur, you're going to be thrust into a very highly kind of like random and variable environment where if you don't have those transferable skills, you're, you're never going to get anywhere, are you? Absolutely. And I think that's one of the things that the, you know, it's a massive topic, education and, and schooling. And I just, sometimes I feel that, actually when we when we look at school maybe we get it a little bit wrong sometimes we teach that like you know people teach um the kids the next generation of how to pass the exam which is great because we want to be able to pass exams that's how we recognize you know a certain level of achievement um but there are so many different 
you know things in life that we need so many and you say it transferable skills that that actually we can be teaching something like leadership for example we can teach that within school without even realizing um do, do we have leadership lessons no not at all um you know a lot of it a lot of it you know english maths um whatever it might be sciences etc actually do we have leadership sessions no do we have um money lessons no do we have things do we learn about stuff like mortgages rent you know those sorts of things no obviously we have business studies and economics where people have choose that route to go down but actually there is a whole broad range of things that actually could be really quite fascinating um and and that that thing of allowing to make make allow kids to make mistakes um how often do you find it this day and age where someone makes a mistake and the first thing is no that's wrong or someone laughs at them or um a big f for fail on their on their paper etc it's like actually you know what let's let's allow people to make mistakes you know why is why is it such a big thing that someone doesn't get their exam right um they may have put uh, you know and i found this in school and this is how i used an excuse tests etc or something like that and it doesn't quite answer the question however it's fascinating and it and it reads something amazing but maybe isn't quite right um but loads of people say well you failed the exam okay but look at the work i have done i know it's not quite exactly what you wanted but is that any good you know how can how can we change that into being something good so it's about giving people chance giving people the opportunity to try to do things and see if they can can succeed um and if they don't succeed okay how can we improve for next time um it doesn't matter i prefer you to give it a go and and get it wrong than not try at all no certainly yeah and i think that's that'd be a really important shift i think that, that that should be made bit of a change of direction so this is this is a very reductionist idea and a very reductionist question but what makes an effective leader well, oh, that's a massive, ma- massive topic. But, you know, an effective leader essentially is someone who is there who can give a, a, a different point of view. Um, and, and that's how I would always look at a leader is in a sense that someone who is there going to give a different perspective um, and different options. And, and the best way to do that, in my opinion, is to ask questions. Um, the, the best leaders that I've ever 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 had the opportunity to work with spoken to um learn from um have always asked questions and listened effectively um so listening and asking questions are the biggest thing for for an effective leader i believe um being able to you know find the issues and then ask the person the questions to find the answer um not necessarily given it being given that opportunity to explore um it's a very interesting question because you know actually at the end of the day you could talk for or I could certainly talk for hours about you know what makes a great leader, um, what makes a great coach. You know what is. Um, do you think it's context specific, or, or or do you think there there are some kind of key? Do you think those those things you just explained there are are common amongst any kind of leadership in whatever capacity that might be? Yeah, I mean, that, I think that's the I think that's the thing is, you know, obviously being being a leader, you want to help develop people. Um, you know, you want to make situations better um, than what they were before. Does it always work out like that? No, but at least you've made a decision as to as to to why you tried that sort of thing. And it's like anything, you know, especially in team environments is saying that one person might have one idea, one might have another. Neither of them are wrong neither of them may be right but one will make one decision if you go with that actually it may not work but it could lead you down a different path and i think that's the that's the beauty of of being an effective leader or being an effective coach in a sense that actually you may try something it may not work out um but you've given it a go and, and see where where it can take you um and there's no 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 right way no wrong way um, you look at all the coaches in the world they are all different. Um, you know, if you if you look at all the leaders in the world, again, they are all different. Um, 
there is no sort of right or wrong way to do anything. So being an effective coach, being an effective leader, you know, one is always measured on results. Nine times out of 10, they will get results eventually. But two, um, you know, I think the biggest skill that they've got is perseverance. People know what they want. They've got their goals. They help other people see their goals and they will do whatever they can to reach those goals. There is no stopping them. They, they may get it wrong thousands of times, but eventually they get it right on the thousand one time. Um, and that's what makes a difference. Take Donald Trump, for example, you know, whether you, whether you like him or, or dislike him, um, is a, I won't go into the political side of things, but as a businessman, you know, obviously he started off with a lot of money from, from, it, from his father, but how many times did he become bankrupt throughout his career? I believe it was seven, um, someone told me. Um, how many times did he become a millionaire or a billionaire? You know? so. People look at that and, and, and say like, oh, well, he's, he's clearly not very good because he's failed lots. It's like, well, he's failed lots, but in the grand scheme of things, like you only need to succeed once and be very successful to be for that to be changed. Like there's instances of, I think there's some, I think it's Michael Jordan, but there, there's some great quotes of like him saying around how like I've failed X number of shots. I've missed this many free throws, but nobody remembers that. They remember the fact that he's the greatest basketball player that's ever lived because of the successes mm-hmm. he's had. But there's probably maybe not an equal number, but there's also a large number of, of failures that he's had. And that, that's, that's kind of that echoes that same thought process, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And you know what, how many, how many people do, do you speak to? Do you, do you see who I've tried that? It didn't work. Okay. So you're not willing to try it again. You know, this time it's going to be different. How is it going to be different? You know, like, and you're like, well, actually you look at the successful people, um, whether you take sport, sport is a great one because it's so publicized um but you take someone you know anyone cristiano ronaldo for example how many times that he would have failed whether that be in training or 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 in a match but how many times has he succeeded you know you look at like you said michael jordan um you look at all sorts of different different stars even if you take someone like andy murray for example how many times did he did he fail in tennis? How, how many times it didn't work? But as long as you succeed at least one more time than what you failed, people remember you for that. People don't remember the time you spent trying things and it not working. They remember the one time that you got it right and it succeeded. Um, and that's that's the biggest thing I'd say to people is that, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a cliche, but if at first you don't succeed, just try, try again. Um, I, I really cannot stress that enough in the sense that it may not work the first time. Try again, do it slightly differently. It may not work. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Why, why settle for what you have got when you actually you can go and do whatever you want to do? And you've just got to believe in yourself and, and go and do it. I think last question then before we sort of start to wrap things up, but do you think leadership the the kind of qualities we just talked about like in terms of developing leadership do you think that's something that everybody can benefit from in regardless of whether they are your 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 kind of a your your typical leader in a sense of they are a manager they own something they're they're kind of a an entrepreneur whatever do you think people outside of that spectrum who aren't your classical leader or in a leadership position necessarily do you think they can benefit from some of these qualities yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, obviously you have got that, those people who are um, natural born leaders, as it were. Um, they've got those those key skills um, and have been nurtured into being a, into a great leader. And I think that they, you know, they obviously need developing to even enhance their skills or, or make sure even if they're at the top of their game, make sure their their skills are are, are on point. Even people who, one, maybe don't want to become a leader or two, that they um, have no interest in, in becoming a leader, may not have the qualities required. It's a great idea to learn about leadership. Um, the reason being is that you look at some of the great companies out there um, when they talk about personal development, um, they talk about helping, um, you know, supporting their employees 
to be be better. And that's essentially what leadership is. You know, if you can understand that actually things like feedback, for example, there's no such thing as negative feedback in my eyes. People always talk about positive feedback and, oh, it's really difficult to give feedback. Well, no, feedback essentially is you're trying to help someone else become better or even help yourself become better. You can give yourself feedback, self, self-analysis, self-feedback. Um, but you're always trying to improve. You're always trying to get better. And that's essentially what we're all, all looking for. So in my eyes, that everyone is actually a leader. Um, everyone, everyone's a leader of their own journey, their own, their own life, aren't they? So I feel in, in that respect, everybody can benefit, at least on some level, from developing their, their communication skills, developing their ability to make decisions under pressure. Because those are things that, regardless, I think, of the position you're in, they're common to everyone, aren't they? Everyone has to communicate probably with other people. Like nobody, nobody can do anything in their life without other people being involved to some degree or needing to kind of communicate with other people and, and then making decisions under pressure. Like regardless of what that looks like, even if it's not kind of like a real kind of high pressure life or death situation, like everybody has to make decisions on a daily basis. We make thousands of decisions on a daily basis and being able to do that without like it, in sort of a, concise and successful manner is what's going to lead anybody to success in, in their own journey their own pathway so we're all leaders in that respect even if it's not a classical Definitely. sense of you leading a team of people to whatever goal that might be everyone i think is a leader in in that capacity 100 and you know like 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 you've just said you know everyone crosses the road at some point in their life you know you make a decision to cross the road you're checking for the risks which are obviously going to be the cars etc you, you put risk management in place to be able to make a safe decision to to keep yourself safe you know at some point in our lives we're going to have to speak to someone you know whether that be verbal or non-verbal communication we have to communicate with someone somehow um at some point in our life we're all going to have to ask for help um it's all those different skills that actually define as a leader you know some of the best leaders out there are those people who just go and ask for help all the time you know when when you need help don't see you know uh, you see a lot of people not reach out to people because they're like i don't want them to see a weakness well actually the best leaders are okay with their weaknesses um or their development points as I, i like to refer to them and go actually i need some help for that come and help me how can i improve on this and it's all about looking at that gradual improvement. And like you said, life is a journey. We all want to improve in our life. We all want to, you know, have nicer things, have more money, help more people. Um, whatever your whatever your goals, your ambition, and whatever gets you out of bed in the morning, you know, we all want that at, at some at some point in life. So actually, how can we make that little one percent change to get that to to get to the end goal? Um, and that's what being a leader is about you are a leader in your own life no one else's it's down to you yeah awesome man i think that's a good sentiment to uh to wrap it up on last thing then before we we finish like where can people find you if you want to be found is there anything you want to kind of push out and then i'll, I'll put all that in the uh, show notes yeah no absolutely so um yeah, I mean, you, you can find me on, on, on LinkedIn and Facebook. I'm on Instagram, um, all the, all the social, social media portals. Um, you know, just look for the lead, uh, the personal, let's get this right, the personal leadership coach. Um, <laughs> there's no point giving out a name and people look for it and go, I can't find him at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, so yeah, I'm Rich Wharton, the, the personal leadership coach. Um, I'm more than happy to help. Um, I'm actually currently running a, a three-day um, leadership challenge um three days in in helping you become a better leader uh, completely free all online um again just look on any of my my facebook it's on my facebook and my linkedin page so feel free to take a look um like i said completely free it's nothing nothing you have to pay for it's just giving you little tips and advice to be able to help you become a better leader um and that's what I, that's what i love to do so yeah, and, and I'm, I'm more than well, more than happy to for people to reach out. I'm more than happy to help. Yeah, I'll um, I'll get I'll get those in the show notes, and then yeah, if anybody wants to have a look and reach out, then they can they can do that. Thanks for, uh, thanks for making some time today, man. No, thank you, Kieran. That's uh, that's great. Thank you very much. 
Okay guys, that's it for another episode. Thanks for listening. Check below for all the relevant links and notes from today's episode or search for us on social media at Apex Delta Coaching. One quick thing before you go, if you're a recreational athlete or fitness enthusiast who wants to get stronger and run longer, then check out the free seven-day hybrid training blueprint we've put together by following the link down in the show notes or search for our Instagram. It's an ebook designed to help you put together the ultimate weekly training template to crush your hybrid training goals by getting stronger and running longer at the same time without any of the confusion. Lastly, if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review or let us know personally. Any and all feedback is greatly appreciated and it helps to grow the podcast further. Thanks for listening, keep training and talk soon.